Hi, this is Sheldon Primus with Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. That's the podcast that helps you learn the business of being a safety consultant. I'm going to continue that tradition right now with Safety Consulting 101. This is the second annual Safety Consultant 101 that we're going to do. And I am going to go over everything to finding your perfect client, choosing the name that will fit and resonate with that client. We're going to learn how to write proposals. Can I have a one-on-one time for those people who would like to speak with me one-on-one and time to reflect about what we learn? Learn about partnerships and CEUs and how to use those to boost your business. Learn about event coordination, email marketing, and even instructional design. That's Safety Consulting 101. To find out more information about the event, go to viewstub.com forward slash safety consulting 101. That's viewstub.com forward slash safety consulting 101. This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com. This week, we talked to Mr. Eddie Donaludo from Nigeria, who's doing work in Afghanistan. We talk about international safety and a few things to help him get some ideas how to start a business for himself. Do you feel that your knowledge would be better served if you are your own boss? Your knowledge can help more people improve their workplace safety. Most of what you know may be wasting in a job that limits what you can do for the overall health and safety of workers. Now is the time to start your own business while you're still working for your current employer. Start your own safety consultant business with the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. Get your business legal in just a week. Brand yourself as an authority in safety, even on a shoestring budget. No more stressing about how to price your services fairly, but still make a profit. And experience the amazing feeling of being your own boss. This 100% online video course is instructor-led and will give you detailed steps to keep you focused as to what to do next to grow your business. Lay out strategies to keep you maximizing your marketing and networking efforts. And explain how to get money in between clients. Register today at safetyconsultantblueprint.com and enter the code PODCAST. My name is Edidion Udo. I'm from Nigeria. I'm a safety specialist. I work for PAE. Incorporated Pacific uh, Architects Engineers. I've been doing safety for the past 11 years. I got passion for it because uh, I looked at my environment back in Nigeria. I looked at how to save people, how to make sure that people around me are always working in a good condition. Mm-hmm. So I developed this passion. I moved it up when I joined PAE and I started uh, creating a group, a platform for mentorship, 
because I noticed that a lot of greyhounds, a lot of people are new into the profession, but they need a guide. They need a platform for them to be asking questions online, real time, and they need answers immediately, not just asking questions you don't have people to respond to. So I decided to devote myself to create a platform for everybody around the world, Americans, Europeans, Asians, Africans, to stay on that platform. And we just come together and see how we can help ourselves. Because uh, I looked at this as if you are new in a profession like safety, you need a guide. Yes. Because safety is dynamic, things change every day. Every. And some conditions in my own locality might not be the same condition in your own locality. But coming together, we can always find a solution to assist each other. So that's why we got the WhatsApp group that is on. And we also move further because we notice that a lot of people that are in the group, most of them uh, need better jobs. So we created another platform for jobs. So what do we do? We post all jobs all around the world. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anywhere. Because I've been a beneficiary. I worked in Nigeria in safety. So because of a platform back in Nigeria, I had the job, the present job I'm doing. So I decided to give back to my profession, give back to my people, to my folks. So that's just why we have it. And you're currently in Afghanistan, correct? Yeah, I work in Afghanistan. Okay. So uh, for those listening, we do have some buzzing every now and then. So don't worry about that. I'm going to do my best to edit it out if I miss anything. Yeah. You got the message. <laughs> yeah. Now that you uh, you told us what got you into safety, uh, what are some of the challenges? Well, well, I know from from the group that you do a lot of um, permit required confined space entry and and a few other things. So, uh, what what would you say is your specialty? I'm turn up a little for you. How's that? Is that better? Yeah. All right, good. Basically, I do occupational health and safety. Mm-hmm. So that's so, my hey. special occupational health and safety. Okay, because I know some people, they like, um, uh, they they prefer to do things such as, you know, I am a permit required confined space person or I do electrical or I really focus in on, you know, for me, I'm a wastewater operator, so I, uh, by trade, so I always focus in on the liquid utility, the water and the wastewater people, and I try to help them because that was the job I was doing and I didn't have any help with safety and health. Oh. Okay. Uh, basically, mine is occupational health and safety, but mostly of facility and uh, construction. Because presently where I'm working, we are more doing facility uh, operation and maintenance for the U.S. Embassy. Oh, nice. Um, in your opinion, especially since you have the unique ability to reach out to people globally, do you see common problems uh, from country to country, safety person to safety person? Uh, that is something that you say is is a, a, a epidemic, maybe, or, or just a problem that you see with safety and health? Yeah, the common problem is general. Uh, it's uh, management commitment and leadership. That's the common denominator around everywhere. Yes, each organization, they have safety policies, they have the uh, safety manual, everything documented, mm-hmm. but implementation is always a problem. Everybody around the globe are always saying the same thing, no management commitment. Mm-hmm. Man- it's a walk to talk. 
Yeah. Practice what you preach. You preach in management meeting, or when it goes it comes to releasing resources for training for personnel, safety training, buying or replacement of PPE, getting safety devices and safety equipment. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy. Yeah. Because they look at safety as a cost center. They don't look at safety as a profit making machine. But meanwhile, they forget that cost of insurance, paying insurance payment, cost of medical bills, cost of injury. A wise man once said, if a, a safety is expensive, try accident. So that's the common denomination. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I teach a class and um, the class is Certified Occupational Safety Specialist. It's not my class. I'm just a contract instructor. And another one, it's a certificate for Occupational Safety Manager. I'm an instructor, contract instructor for them as well. So um, one of the modules that we do is about management leadership and uh, taking charge of that as far as management side. But then we teach the safety professional how to talk management's language so the cost of an accident is one of the big things that they have no idea how much it is so i told them that it's your safety itself may not even it will eventually help you make more money because it's helping you keep the money you have you're not actually uh, the money that you save from an accident is actually money going straight into the company's pocket. So as much yeah. as the the safety officer can help, and not only for the right reason, you don't want people injured or hurt, but then you're also helping the company keep their profits because that's the only way you're paying for injuries. You're actually taking out of your profit to pay for yeah. those injuries. Yeah. So that's how I have to explain it to them. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes so, a lot of sense. You do a lot of these uh, topic of the days on your group, which I love. And uh, the group, first of all, is only by invite, right? Yeah. Okay. Basically, what we do is uh, we look at uh, the people across the globe with different safety backgrounds. We try to invite them to come into the group. Why? We want to gain from all the experience. The Americans, because of Russia. Mm-hmm. The guys in Europe, because of the HSC, you know, the guys in Asia, Middle East, they have OSHA, Occupational Health and Safety, Arabic, you know. So mm-hmm. what are we saying? Different uh, regulators, different uh, experience coming together to gain knowledge. So what I try to do is every day we get a question of the day, mm-hmm. put it up, then people deliberate on it. Why are we doing this? Because what you learn in a confined space might be different from what the other guy learned in confined space in America, might be different, but, but it basically the same thing, the procedures might be a little bit different, but the end product is for us to do the job in a safe way. That's it. Some people will prefer normally to go, if you want to go into a confined space, for example, you first do the gas testing before they even go in. You go to the place and do the, uh, you, go to, you go to the location and do inspections and do a gas testing even a day before. Mm-hmm. Some other school of thought will say, okay, you do it a day before, you also do it that same day before the person gets in and also monitor uh, continually while the person is there. Some other school of thought will say, okay, go to the confined space, same day, open it up and start doing the monitoring same time same period some other school of thought will say open the confined space and keep 48 hours mm-hmm. so 
everything is just that we're going towards the same direction but different procedure what are we doing try to make sure that the job is done in a safe way so we bring up this topic to get people's different opinions and different views trying to see how we can harmonize the views so that most of the people that are not really experienced in our group can actually have something to learn because some of them might have the qualifications the, uh, the, the the certifications, but they might not have the hands-on experience. Yes. So with people sharing this knowledge, you get to see that people get to learn, okay, this is how it's done. So when they have such an opportunity, their first time to do the task, most of them always come back to tell the group, man, what I learned today, I was able to practicalize it outside and I did it in a very safe way. Oh, good. And, uh, I know from from there's like all these heated debates every now and then, and I love that because that truly shows that it's independent. Everyone just has their own thoughts; they have their own philosophies, and yeah. it, it encourages you to to speak out and say, "Hey, wait, I don't believe this particularly, but here's yeah. my view," and you, you you get a nice open discussion about that, and and that's really good, and it's it's very beneficial for safety on a global yeah. scale. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, and uh, that's very important. That's why I always encourage everybody speak out because the truth about it is safety is very dynamic. Okay, we were talking about the uh, two days ago. We we're talking about um, confined space. Mm-hmm. Now, another school of thought came that any excavation below four inches or so excavation is a confined space. Why? Because of something that just happened somewhere and that, that some people were down there and they, someone started uh, feeling dizzy. That means there were not enough gases there. You know, some people didn't know that. So it's good for these things, challenges to be coming up. People add their view because of experience in one location, which I might not have experienced in my own location. Mm-hmm. So with that, everybody learn and we get to deliberate. We get people speak out and at the end of the day, we get something. Yeah. So... We need to learn every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a question for you. So do you, you see safety consultants such as myself uh, internationally? Do you uh, do you guys have that need? And I know you, you're in Afghanistan, but from the group, I'm, I'm sure you might get a little feel. Do people hire yeah, safety consultants yeah. much? Well, yeah, we, we, we have, uh, in fact, as we speak, uh, I had... Someone in the group chatted me up and uh, said uh, he needed a consultant in Zimbabwe for, but that was Nebosh. They need them to come and teach them Nebosh and make sure that they pass Nebosh. And then I asked him to send me the number of people they wanted, and uh, he said 20. He wanted a quote. Mm-hmm. But there's another lady I know in Uganda, she is a neighbor certified examiner. So I told her to send a quote to her, to him. I'm not sure she did. So we have, we need, there is need for consultants. In fact, that is the only thing now. People do consultancy job. That is where I'm even driving to, you know. Mm-hmm. Consultancy work is uh, the next thing now. Because when you gain a lot of knowledge, you need to move around and make sure that... Uh, you pass this information yeah. to other people that can make some little money from it too. 
Yeah, and from my uh, want work, uh, I want to even be uh, have if I have to collaborate with companies that I can work remote from here. Mm-hmm. If they need document things, session, webinar, things that I can, you know, I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can key in and find. Yeah, that's great. And I, uh, the reason why I ask is because definitely my audience and my whole show is about safety consulting, but uh, the audience will definitely. Uh, I've got uh, listeners from all over the country, and I try not to be so U.S. centric. So that's one, yeah. one of the reasons yeah. why I wanted to get in part of the group when you invited me. I was like, "Yes, I'm in." And then also talking to you today. So those listeners that are thinking I need to branch out to different countries, uh, yeah. What do you suggest that they should look for? Maybe even qualifications or uh, what? What is the thing that you think will set a consultant apart that will give them global recognition? All right, now. Uh Part of the thing that is happening globally is uh, you need to get globally recognized certification. OSHA is recognized, but it's limited to America. Mm-hmm. You know, the end thing now is going to Middle East and Europe. Nebosh is what is really coming up now. Nebosh, IGC, then you go for Nebosh diploma. Mm-hmm. Those are what is really, because what we have come to realize, if you like it, if, if, if anybody should argue, Middle East is really the end thing because it's a developing world. They have a lot of projects. They have a lot of oil wells. They have a lot of industries springing up. So for you to be a key player as a consultant in that area, you need to get NEPOSH, National Air Examination of Professional Health and Safety, UK. Yep. That's good. It's very important. Yeah. yeah, you must also look at IOSH. Yes. International Occupational Safety and Health. Those are what, those are their requirements back in Middle East and even Europe. Those are the key players now. America is just America-centric. They are just self-sufficient. But if you need to reach out and make the real dough and uh, get the real consultancy job, you need to go to Middle East, Dubai, and those are the qualifications they will ask you for. You know, there are a lot of jobs that are coming up Saudi Arabia is a, a, a lot of oil wells. They have discovered Kuwait, Oman. First thing is Nebosh, IGC, uh, IOSH. So you need to tie yourself closer to that. You have gotten OSHA, yeah, but you need to get this one. Even Africa, Africa is also a developing world. Mm-hmm. You look at Nigeria, they are just is over a lot of oil wells. Look at Uganda and uh, Angola. Look at Ghana. Ghana just gotten oil wells now. So. For you to be a big player to go there as trainers, uh, because Guyana, uh, that's my my uh, country. They just have their first oil is starting to come out now. So was yeah. it Ghana you said that hit oil too, and Guyana both. Yeah. So, so where am I saying? For you to play the yes, Osha, mm-hmm. Osha is good, but Osha, you guys just beat Osha, America centric. So the other guys in the other side, yeah, they look at it, but. They think these other guys in Europe, Nebosh is more detailed and all that. So they accept that the Middle East because of the high risk and all that. Yeah. And um, what what's the um, the thought process to say if I started a consulting business, not just me, but anyone, and I go into a country, I'm helping them out, and then all of a sudden there's a regime change or there's uh, upheaval in the yeah. country. What do you do? 
No, no, no. For for Nigeria, if you want to do consultancy, I'll partner with you. The regime change does not really affect professionalism with reasons. Yeah, okay, let's say, for example, you're in America and let's say we have a consultancy job with ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil is an American company. Chevron is an American company. Yeah. The rules are there, so nobody will change. It won't change with the regime. Yeah. Except you have a job with the government, but if everything is, uh, if you have a contract that is well signed, if the worst comes to worst, you can sue them, but it doesn't doesn't work like that again in Africa. You know, back in the days, it used to be military rule. Mm-hmm. When there's a coup d'etat, the next government that comes will tell you all contract, all this, that, 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 you know, the DMN of Uganda and all that. Those are all gone. This is democracy in Africa, you know, because so there's rule of law. So it doesn't really happen that way again. Yeah. All those companies in Nigeria who can work together then. If you want us to register a company, register a company, a training company, consultancy company, we'll go in there and do this stuff. Oh, good, good. See, I I knew the answer. I just want to make sure that we you know we get those things out because I'm I'm trying to encourage everyone to follow their heart and uh, truly. If you want to be a consultant, you are an entrepreneur, yeah. so you got to think outside of the box just to keep money coming in. So if yeah. out of the box is I need to go to another country, that's outside of the box. You gotta you gotta do it. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually um I'm dual citizen. I I am. U.S. and Guyanese. My my family, my mother, father, all my brothers and sisters were born in in Guyana. Which for you, yeah, for people who don't know, especially in America, you hear Guyana, you think Africa. It's actually in South America, and it's uh, the top where we border uh, Venezuela on one side and French uh, okay. Guyana on the other side. So uh, okay. it, it's more of a Caribbean type culture, and it's part of the CARICOM uh, community, which is a Caribbean community. Uh, so. I am. I have a heart to go back to my ancestries in Guyana and help them. And they just struck oil. Exxon Mobil just went in there. There's a yeah. oil reserve, and I'm, I'm thinking, all right, what do I got to do in oil and gas? I've been training oil and gas for a long time, and, and doing consulting on the on the American side. So it's going to be great to actually get over there and and help uh, my own people and reconnect with my my ancestry so that's, very very good man um, um if you want to do it i'm game man i can i can be part of it because uh, i'm really looking at because afghanistan i'm not here with my family so i always feel bad am i like actually reaching out in fact i had an interview two days ago from ireland mm-hmm. but the problem is that i don't have a permit to work there so the guy the manager was like he doesn't know how he's going to present this to their management so this permit to work is a problem I'm looking for a country i can relocate and stay with my family you know so yes, yes. i've been out i worked in baghdad for three years in the same same company a, a Pacific Architect Engineers U.S. Embassy Chief were contractors for them now here in Afghanistan. So I just want to relocate to a country that I can stay with my family, my wife, and my three kids. I have a couple more questions, but um, on our side, so let's say uh, someone in in the U.S. wants to reach out. You're saying that Nibosh is a certification they should be looking for. What if they yeah. want to do their own classes in another country? What kind of certification should the classes have? Like if someone takes the class and they get a certified, uh, okay, something. All right. Uh, first and foremost, 
for you, uh, I'm sure in Africa and uh, Europe, what we can for you, you should be able to be an authorized trainer so that if you train someone, you can issue OSHA training mm -hmm. certificate to the person. That is one that is accepted in Nigeria, even Africa, because OSHA is accepted there. Mm -hmm. And also, IOSH for UK should be able to be an authorized trainer. You also give Nebosh is given by only Nebosh in UK, but you can be an agent. You train, but they need to take the exams from Nebosh directly. How do you take the exams? You go to the nearest British Council and take the exams. Really? And when you pass, Nebosh will give you the certificate direct, wow. not the trainer. But you can be an agent to them, so you make money also from them. <laughs> but when you pick cash is when you do for when you use OSHA. OSHA, you I don't know how you split as an agent, mm -hmm. as an authorized trainer. I don't know how you split the profit, you know. So for back in our country, back in West Africa, you can do you can be an OSHA authorized trainer and you issue certificate and it is being recognized. Now, but for the country. Uh, they don't really have, uh, they just have regulatory bodies who will just check what you are doing. You can register with them if you like, but OSHA supersedes every other regulatory body in Africa, in other countries. Mm -hmm. That's good. When you are, you are an authorized OSHA trainer, I mean, you have the certificate and you can come into any country and train. Just that for that country, you need to just register as a company operating in that in that country so you need that yeah. and i don't know how, how it's done in ghana for nigeria uh, you must have at least someone from that country must be part of your board member or something and not be known as or something hmm. that's good to know um, are there any challenges that you're facing right now that you may want to you know uh, see if I can help you with or, or anything like that. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, the major challenge you are facing, just like I told you, I'm actually looking for a job outside mm -hmm. Afghanistan because, you know, the security trade and all that. I've been out um, for a while, man. I also always miss my family because I need to go home like um, twice a year, sometimes three times a year. So I'm looking for a country I can relocate to. I get a job we can locate to and just uh, work there and later bring my family there, man. I just want to see my kids grow yeah. like and enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I'm, my kids are older now. They're uh, 22 and 20. So yeah. I've, I've been through that cycle and every time I'm away, it's like your, your heart aches because you want to be with your wife. Yeah. Your mom cannot do that alone. So I'm just looking for a place if you can help me with the, with your contacts around because I don't know, I, uh, going, getting a job in America. I've got, in fact, in America, I've got like two, three interviews, but work permit getting a permit to work in america is always a little bit so i'm looking at africa too that ghana if i can see a good job i relocate with my family good for me europe middle east all these uh, caribbeans you know just a place i can relocate and stay with my family and do the job yeah, that you could relocate. So some people they they only think of their own country. They don't think that they could find work or do something in other places. So if you're willing to relocate, especially if you're willing to um, to start your own business, uh, yes, I am. I'm ready. If I get if I get a good if, if you are there, I will get a good deal, man. 
I can relocate and start teaching. I've been doing training for a long while. Even when I was in Nigeria, I've been doing a lot of training. Even here, today I had a training on manual handling. Mm-hmm. I do trainings. I do a lot of trainings. My training matrix for the year, I completed it in uh, the uh, 30th of September. Normally, I train like 463 people for the year. I was able to complete it before the end of December by September. Wow. Because we coordinated it well, I made sure that it didn't disrupt their daily activities. I made sure that I had group departments because I have like a 18 departments. I have HVAC department, I have plumbing department, I have general maintenance, I have electrical, I have a custodian, I have a housekeeping, I have a... Um, uh, Carpentry, I have uh, welders, I have a lot. But I made sure that it didn't disrupt their daily operations. Do you have any that you wrote, or is this things that you're teaching from other people? Uh, Basically, I've I've not written anything, but basically, uh, we have uh, the company have their own trading model Mm. from corporate. We download it and use it, but what you do, you can also look at it and fashion it out to for good delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, the most important thing is delivery. You can have a, a presentation slide of, let's say, even 50, but you can deliver it 20 because if there's no feedback, that means it, there was no good delivery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. whenever you uh, you see people in, in the U.S. that love putting on their shades and they'll sit back and they're kind of like sleeping with their hard hats down over their eyes. And then, you know, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. So mine, I carry people along. As you ask questions, you stand up, you, you demonstrate. They come to demonstrate. They ask, you know, because most of the things, the truth about it is that most of the courses, most of the things you want to discuss, someone somewhere might have known, even in the class, have a fair knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. So for you to carry the class along, yeah. let it be interactive. Let the question, throw the question to them. Let them come up from, so that when they are coming out from where they are, you know where to engage them more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you think you could teach that if you were given a chance to, to say, train someone how to actually present a course and to be a trainer and be more engaging and how to plan a session? Can you teach that? Yes, I can. I can. What I can do, I can do more research on it. I can. I can do it because I know. Uh, the truth is that let me. I I I, I did a training. Uh, I shouldn't be saying this because someone up some other person should say. It. I did a training with some locals, mm-hmm. some guys that are working with the embassy, U.S. embassy, some local people from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Do you know when I move around in the embassy, most of them greet me, and some some of them I don't know. Mm-hmm. So one day someone greeted me, and now asked the person. I said, ah, Do I know you? He said I was in your class. The way you trained us, you were so funny. I now started recalling. What did I do? We were training on forklifts. Oh, yeah. So because of communication, we had an interpreter mm-hmm. to interpret them. And most of the time, I remember when I told them, when you lift your forklifts, you, you must, when you want to pack your forklift, you must not allow the fork to be up. You must keep it down. Then there was the way I was demonstrating. 
So I didn't know it was funny to them. They were laughing, but they were getting, they were understanding because of the way I was doing it. I said, don't do like this, do like this. Yes. You know, because they don't really understand uh, English. So I was like, now I now ask them, why, don't, if you do like this, what happens? They were giving me signs that no, no, like this, all of them were this. So I didn't know that I passed that information to them. So that thing has keep ringing in their head. So when they see me, what they remember is what I taught them and how I passed the information to them. Good. Do you understand? So it keeps ringing in their head. So when they see me around, they were like smiling, laughing. I say you were now that can communicate a little bit the English. Said you were funny when you were they training us that the food. It keeps ringing in their head. So so. Mm-hmm. I think I could deliver. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I asked is uh, for me, I think the best way to start a business is by doing what you do right now, something you like. So in your training, yeah. if it's allowed, maybe you could start recording some of those trainings and then break down what you're doing as a, as almost like a, you ever see those YouTube videos where people are explaining uh, a scene as they're watching it. Uh, you don't have to do all that technical stuff, but you could actually watch it, break it down yourself, write that down. And then now you could create your own product. You could sell online just of, you know, how to do engaging communication, engaging speeches, even with the translator. And that might be something you could start selling right now uh, to okay. gain some money. Because you yeah, seem yeah, passionate about that. You really seem passionate about training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I think I can. I can. It's just that uh, inside the embassy, I can be doing stuff in my room, but inside the embassy, we got restriction because of uh, security and all that. Absolutely. So I can't really take those videos and all that because of security threats. Yeah, but Absolutely. that's why some I things have. I can do in my room. I can actually do it and send it to you. Then let's see how we can go. I don't really have the knowledge of how to sell it, mm-hmm. how to you know how to get engaged on that, but. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a bunch of freebies that you should probably use, and one of them is called Teachable, and Teachable has like a platform. It's T E A C H A B L E dot com, and they have a free. Uh, you can set up a school online school for free. And, uh, and I don't know about international restrictions. I know that it is actually an international uh, organization and international uh, service, but that's that's a good freebie. And then also, I do think um, just the utilization of YouTube. That's uh, another thing. If you if you can guide me, I can do something and send to you. Then, if you have a will of improving on it and and you can i can work with you i don't because you are more exposed out there mm-hmm. i might be i might know this stuff but i don't know how to get myself across to the globe so yeah 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 a partner and you know depending yeah if you give me a topic and you want me to come up with something i can come up with something sent to you then you look at it if there are things you need to edit and we just put it out there and, and see who knows yeah, yeah. And what I suggest is also doing a list of, you know, things that you, you like to do and just yeah. write it all out, anything. I mean, me, I love music. I write music. So that's a list of things to do. I sell music I like on my music. website. Music <laughs> so anything you like to do, write it all down and then try to find ways of making it. If you have a song, sell it on a, on a website for 99 cents like iTunes or, or something. 
you, you I would imagine you speak at least two languages. Uh, so maybe you could help safety professionals learn a different language and, you know, teach them that. So anything can be monetized is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. Anything can be monetized. Yeah. Yes. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to uh, share? And uh, how do people find you, like your LinkedIn or, or anything you want to share so someone can uh, find you? Is that, what did you say? Oh, uh, is there anything else you want to share? Or how can people find you, like uh, like LinkedIn or, or, or just somewhere? That okay, you, yeah, if you can, you yeah, know. you can find me on LinkedIn, Edidion Udo. I'm going to give you my my name, Edidion Udo, on LinkedIn. I can also give you my, e- okay, I gave you my email. And uh, what we are doing, we're just trying to reach out to the world, right, to make sure that um, as much as possible, we get people on top of safety all around the world. Because we know a lot needs to be done. A lot, a lot needs to be done in terms of keeping people safe. Look at the whole world. We are still trying a safety professional training, monitoring and all that. But we still have accidents, incidents everywhere around the world. So meaning that it's a lot still needs to be done. So as much as we can to train a lot of people, we'll do it. Excellent. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I know it's later for you than it is for me. I'm thank you so much. I'm really it. grateful to have met you. I just want to keep keeping in touch. Just have me in mind in case of anything that comes up. Please count me in. I'm game. All right. I'd like to thank Eddie for being part of the Safety Consultant Podcast. It was a great interview. Learning a lot about different countries and how they do safety. And his heart and passion for safety was just awesome. So stay tuned. And right after this, we will do the tip of the week. Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. I know lots of you get your information while you drive down the road or sit on planes or sit in meetings and look interested. And now you should know that three of my books are available for your listening pleasure on Audible. With the help of Jay Allen and Safety FM, we've produced three of the books. Workplace Fatalities, The Five Principles of Human Performance, and my very first book, Simple Revolutionary Acts, and they're available now where you get audiobooks. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast Show. I am your host, Sheldon Primus, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this show. If you have not subscribed to the show yet, please do that. It'll be awesome if you can subscribe to the show and share it. Share it with a friend. Share it with someone who you think would be, this will help them and there'll be something that they could use. So that'll be awesome if you could share it. And if you haven't written a review yet, that'll be awesome if you could write one for me. That'd be just great in whatever service you're listening to. So thanks again for listening to the Safety Consultant Podcast, the tip of the week. So this week, the tip of the week is don't be scared to find out what you could do to get some work internationally. International work is always exciting. It's fun. So if you are in that exciting, fun mode and you want to get out a little, uh, go ahead and start looking for where you can be assistance and you can be of help in another country. 
see how you could branch out that way. So you might start with a bordering neighboring country. So it might be easier for travel, especially if it's a drive distance. Or you may want to go someplace where uh, you may already have a network of friends, uh, a system, so that you can have some place that you could go to, you could find and uh, and then be part of the solution. And so I personally... I really want to get out to my country, Guyana. As you've heard in the interview, I am dual citizen, American and Guyanese, and there is oil in Guyana, and I've been working in the oil and gas field for a while training, so I would love to bring that to that country. So I am doing my best to get over there to see what I could do, but I also have been working with a few other countries as well, mostly Caribbean because that's my heritage and I feel like I want to get back to my heritage. So I am going through the Caribbean route, but you could use whatever route is comfortable for you. But the idea is it might be very fun as well as it could even be beneficial for you to branch out beyond your country, go somewhere else and see if you could add a branch of your business, become international. So that is the tip of the week. Seek out what you should do, what you have to do to become more international. I will see you next Monday. Have a great rest of your week. This podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. Hey, this is Sheldon Primus with Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. And that's the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. I just want to invite you this September to an event called OSHA Compliance Help. This event is going to be co-hosted with my business partner, Kevin Yarbrough. Uh, Kevin Yarbrough has retired from OSHA as the assistant area director of the Tampa office, and he has 26 years of service with OSHA. So in this event, what we're going to do is we're truly going to go over things that have uh, effectively been hard for people to understand about OSHA. So we'll talk about how to survive and thrive through an OSHA audit, OSHA record keeping, understanding the CFRs, how to decode compliance letters, and much, much more. This is going to be your time to truly talk to someone who's been in the business and someone who's been in OSHA together. So go to viewstub.com forward slash OSHA compliance help. Viewstub.com forward slash OSHA compliance help for more information and for event tickets.